Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. And welcome to the bullpen. We are live with Texans County. And today, there's a lot to talk about. Both Nick Casario and D'Amico Ryans had press conferences at the Scouting Combine. The Scouting Combine is going on. So let's let's roll right into it. I think a lot of the discussion around Texans Twitter, social media, amongst the fans, um, centers around some comments that were made around specific players in each of the availabilities. So I'll start with Devin Singletary. Um... I feel like Nick and D'Amico spoke really highly of Devin Singletary. And there's a, there's a segment of fans that believe that that would indicate that it's likely the Texans stick with Singletary, whether it's in a backup or starting capacity. What do you make of the comments that were made as it pertains to Devin Singletary? Uh, I can go ahead and kick us off, I guess. Uh, it seemed really strong that they want to keep him. Uh, it felt more than any other comment made that they wanted him around because of the presence he brings and the way he did last year. I think when you have a guy step up like Singletary did, um, you know, he wasn't expected to be the RB1, and then he stepped up behind a pretty unhealthy O-line and did a a, a dang good job in, in some of the games we didn't win if it wasn't for his run game. I think it's obvious they want to keep him, but – if you notice at the end of Nick's talking, uh, he had it kind of gave a grin saying, oh, it's that's, that doesn't mean I'm not going to, you know, look into the running back market. I think Sarge had tweeted out that exact thing. He was like, look at Nick's face. Like, he's giving a grin like, I know the, the running back market is is good this year. So I think Singletary could be a backup. I, I know one of you has – well, I'm pretty sure one of you guys likes Damian Pierce a lot. I can't remember if that's you guys or another podcast. Yeah, it was you. Um I I would I, I just don't know I'm I'm really curious like is Singletary gonna be RB two is Pierce gonna be RB two is Pierce gonna be traded like is is Devin gonna be resigned but I think it's clear to me that they want to keep Singletary around. So if that's the case and I'm not I'm not against it, I just can't see a scenario where then you go big game hunting because it just it is as much money as the Texans have to play with. And, and I'm excited about them using it. I can't see you spending premium dollars on Devin Singletary, who's probably going to get a raise, right, based on what he did. And I think he earned like $6 million. So if you're telling me he's going to get 7 or $8 million, 
And then you want to talk about what Saquon, who I think a lot of Texan fans are really excited about the possibility. Uh, there's a guy in here, I can't remember which one, uh, tweeted out about uh, who's following who on Instagram. So um, if you're looking at that and going, they're going to get exactly right. If, if you're looking at that and they're going, man, they're, they're going after Saquon or Saquon wants to be a Texan, that guy's going to command $10 million. So if you do the math, you're talking about $17, $18 million in your backfield. And, and I get it. it it's, it's sexy. You need that. But Damian Pierce isn't terrible and he's cheap. So I, for me, it's like, I think it's one or the other. I, I can't see how people are arguing, oh, well, you can go outside and two running backs. Knowing that you want to go talk about corner, you want to talk about linebacker, you want to talk about, I, I mean, the list goes on and on as to other places where you could fill out this roster with that cap space. Sure. My, my combat, my, my combat question, because I agree paying two running backs might get a little take, take your opinion on that. It is a lot to invest, but do we see Saquon Barkley say, you know what? I will sign for $8 million a year. I've he, seen it all over the map. Be here. I've seen different numbers. The most know. recent number I've seen though says 12 million a year. On a three-year, thirty-six million dollar deal with twenty million guaranteed, um, there are a lot of people that saw that number and said, "I'm out." Um, I'm not necessarily one of those people. So I, I, I've always said I feel like this. A lot of people follow this. I, I feel like you guys probably get this as well. But the the cap space is large right now. The Texans actually have have quite literally perfectly timed finding their quarterback, and and I said this to Tom before that Damian Pierce could not have had the worst possible timing than he did by having his good season during the season that he did. 2021 was the worst possible year to be like, oh, I'm a really good running back because that's like the last thing you put on an offense when you're ready to ship it to the Super Bowl, right? That's yeah. like the stamp on the package before you dump, you give it to the postman. You say, okay, Super Bowl bound. Ideally, if you're building it like, I don't want to say Madden style, but if you have full control over what you're adding and how long it's going to be there, the shelf life of a running back indicates that you want that to be the last thing that you add. And so that's not necessarily proving that signing Saquon Barkley is the right move, but you want to have that running back right now because yeah. now you have the offense, you have two stellar wide receivers. So you want to ideally add like a, a wide receiver three that can play in the slot really well. And then you want to yeah. you know, th throw in a, a really great running back. So I, well, I think I don't know if price affects my point. This is this is another thing I would say is, first of all, last year the reason we signed Singletary was we wanted that deadly one-two punch. And it's no, I mean Singletary is a great running back too. I mean any team would say like, man, you got Singletary as an RB two, like that's money. You know, we didn't get that. So they're clearly willing to invest in the position. And I think you look at Saquon a little bit differently. He's not just a running back. That man can line up at receiver if you need him to on a play. I mean, I'm talking about like if if Tank goes down and misses a game, if Nico misses a game, Saquon can be your wide receiver three. You know, if you sign – whoever you sign and your, your new wide receiver three, they become your wide receiver two. And then Saquon can line up at wide receiver for some plays. I think you, you look at Saquon as he is his universal tool that we can use, whether that's mostly in the backfield – but I look at the Niners, and Saquon brings what CMC brings to the Texans. Exactly. So if, if, if we want to be that team that the Niners have built, 
I hate to say it, you probably have to have you have to pay a running back or you have to draft a stud. Like you need a Raheem Mostert, Elijah Moore kind of guy that can have speed, that can make some plays. Like I don't have confidence in drafting one of those because we we have we have never had a good running back since Arian Foster. Sure, we had Lamar Miller. Sure, we had. We didn't even draft Arian Foster. But we haven't drafted a running back well. Even Donza Foreman wasn't good when he was here. He left and became good. Like I think he could have been good here if he wasn't just so awful off yeah. the field. I, I'll I, give Bill O'Brien issue for that. Personally, I think that the Texans like. I think a lot of people are discounting this, but I don't know if there's a running back that's worth drafting it drafting in the top fifty, right? So with that, if the Texans did draft a running back, that's likely happening around the second or third round. So with that in mind, the Texans can can put this cap space for two to three years into Barkley and draft a running back, which they have two two slots open at running back. Ideally, they, they could carry four, but the only running back that is currently signed to the roster is Pierce. And the chat is saying Pierce gets traded. I mean, his value is still there, whether you want to believe it or not. But either way, assuming that Pierce doesn't get traded, you draft that running back and we're like, I don't want to say worst case scenario, but even if Barkley say gets injured, if you've scouted and drafted the right running back, maybe you can develop him and, and put him in there quick, fast and in a hurry. Or, I mean, if we trade Pierce, we could always just, you know, sign Singletary and hope that he's willing to take similar or maybe a little bit more money to play. I, that, that's what it comes back to is the money every time. But I don't know. Okay. I, I'm just spitballing for the, for the chat and for the people that want to trade Damian Pierce. What do you think is reasonable return for Damian Pierce? Right. I mean, last year was what everybody will agree was not his year. So if you're saying, oh, just trade him, what do you think a team is going to give you? And then remember, I think they invested a third round pick in him, right? So he's a fourth round pick, and I think he returns a fifth round pick as it stands. Yeah. I was having having this conversation with my friend the other day. He was like, you know, do you trade Pierce? And I was like, what value does he have? Exactly. It's like, it's like this. Do I trade Robert Woods? What value does Robert Woods have? Maybe a fifth. Robert Woods no. is a cut candidate. I don't know if he's a trade candidate. I know. That's what I'm saying. It's like, what value does Jimmy Ward have if you wanted to trade him? Well, both it's Jimmy like, Ward and Robert Woods would be cut candidates. I feel like for a cap. That's what I'm saying. So it's like, and Damian Pierce would be a cut candidate because. But there's no reason to cut. There's him. no reason no. to cut him on a rookie deal, no. though. No, there's not. My my, this is this might be a this might be a crazy take. You guys can you guys can say you're it. good. You Start like screen it. recording, everyone. So for real, <laughs> you can uh, uh, whatever cancel Texas County, I guess. But uh, no, I think like Pierce, we we need some kind of role for him, and I wonder if you almost create a role where he's kind of a fullback. And I say that because he kind of has the build of a fullback in some in some capacity. He's good at running people over, which fullbacks do that pretty well. Um, I just some don't would know. say he seeks contact. What? I said some would say he <laughs> seeks contact. Yeah, he does. I just don't know if he can block like you would want a fullback to block. But, I mean – he was a good kick returner this year for that one game or two that he did it. He did a decent enough job. And if he struggles to find open holes in the line, you probably don't want him getting that many carries. But if you have him available as a fullback and then he's, you know, maybe catching a pass or getting a fullback dive, like 
it might it might just trip up some teams. Uh, and the Niners use Kyle Yushak like crazy. And if you're again, you're trying to replicate that offense. Maybe Dar- maybe Damian Pierce is your Kyle Yushak. I don't know. I've been thinking about be acceptable to average one to two yards a carry if you're a fullback. That's what I'm saying. All you really need to do. He's great at that. The thing about Kyle Yushak though is that he's a weapon out of, I, and as a receiver. They throw him the they throw him the ball, which I think that's the knock on Damian Pierce. I think they've kind of created a role for him already. He he is that uh uh I need one yard running back on this team, I think. He is a kick returner. I think that, you know, maybe not fullback per se, but it's it's it seems that way, kind of fullback dive-ish with him. If I just want him to bulldoze the line. The point that I that I'll continue to make is that you're not gonna you're not gonna get I don't think you'll get a fifth. For whoever's saying that you're going to return a fifth, I that's can't me. see it. That's me personally saying. I can't see a team going, yeah, yeah we'll give you a fifth-round pick. You know it why I think be- he's worth a fifth? I don't know. I think he's worth a fifth because of the very reasons that he's not cuttable and and because of his first season. So he showed potential. He's near 1,000 yards rushing, right? And he showed that in the right scheme, he can be a lethal running back. And so simply put, you can convince someone that the only reason he's not having success in Houston is because of a scheme fit. If you convince someone that the only reason he's not having success is because of a scheme fit and you show them that he's got a rookie contract for two years, a fifth round pick, I mean, it's it's either Damian Pierce for a fifth round pick or you pick up what running back is in this draft is left in the fifth round that you think is comparable or better than Damian Pierce. The thing of it is, the thing that's going to change that is the fact that you start the clock with whoever you draft in the fifth round. So you're right. He may he may not look like Damian Pierce did that year that year one, but you've got two more years to figure it out. That's why I think you're talking about a yeah. sixth, seventh round conditional where he's got to play so many games. Yeah. You're basically giving him away if you're going to do that. And I feel like if the Texans, obviously it, it, it's it's not working, but obviously. I don't think they don't like him. It's not like he's a cancer in the locker room. It makes no sense to move him. He he uh, he has a position. It's it's one that you don't have any depth. He would be a depth piece. And yes, you go sign a starter. Maybe you like you said you draft one late. But to go sign two of them and then try to trade this guy just to get him a far away from your team doesn't yeah. sound like a Nick Casario move to me at all. I mean, in my opinion, Damian Pierce is an incredible running back three to have. Oh, yeah, I mean, 100%. You talk about you're on the goal line, you need probably a yard or two. Bro's probably going to get it. Um, plus, I do believe, like, maybe the whole offseason, you know, after a year in the slow system and stuff, may, maybe that'll help. And maybe having a guy like Saquon will help him. I don't know. I I just think we need to adjust our expectations. I think that coming off a 900-yard season, Damian Pierce was asked before the season started, do you think you're going to get 1,000 this year? And he said, yeah, of course I do, because he is supposed to be the premier back. And I think that in the role that he plays, he can 100% be that guy that comes in and gets a yard or two as your bruiser, goes in there and, and you know, whether you call it seeking contact or running guys over, you know, he goes in there and you, it's – Third and one, fourth and one, you need him to get that yard, and he's going to give, give you everything he's got to get that one yard. That's all he needs to do. Right. So, I I mean, I can see that. I, I look towards – so, um, Texans County had messaged me back. I posted on my story, um, like, an offense proposal for the Texans this season. C.J. Stroud at quarterback, obviously. 
Um, and then the running back room, Saquon Barkley, Damian Pierce, and Braylon Allen would be drafted. Uh, and then you look at adding, uh, who is he? Darnell Mooney at wide receiver with, you know, Tank and Nico up top. And then Xavier Hutchinson and John Mechie down below. Um, and then tight end room, Dalton Schultz, uh, Brevin Jordan, and Theo Johnson out of Penn State. Um, you brought up a good point. I felt like in our text that I think that you keep Noah Brown too, make it a six man receiving room. Cause that speaks to your point earlier, which is that when a guy ahead of him goes down injured, I think Noah Brown can play wide receiver three when he needs to and can play yeah. wide receiver four pretty easily. But to ask him to be wide receiver two or wide receiver one is, is just a lot. No, but, I think my, my take on like wide receivers right now is like, yeah, we lost because Tank got hurt, but we lost because we didn't have depth under him, you know. But if you have, you have Nico, you have Tank. I'm I'm on Team Tyler Boyd or Curtis Samuel. Mooney would be cool too, but I really think Tyler Boyd is better than a wide receiver three, which is why I'm all for Boyd. And then you have Noah as your wide receiver four. Cool. If those two, if if Nico and Tank got hurt. Your depth is like, I mean, Noah Brown coming in two. Tyler Boyd has been a one before in Cincinnati, like before T. Higgins was there. So, like, you can make it work. That's why I'm like, we don't need to sign Mike Evans. Go invest in better depth. You don't need another number one receiver. That's my thing right now. I Fans are going to be severely disappointed when Mike Evans doesn't sign with the Texans. And we're going to hear all over Twitter. We're going to hear all over Instagram. Why didn't we sign him? Like, we don't need him. We need depth. So, so there are people that are mad at a twelve million dollar cap hit APY on Saquon Barkley, who is twenty six years old, that are begging the Texans to take a twenty five right. to thirty million dollar APY cap hit on Mike Evans, a a thirty plus year old wide receiver. So you guys aren't trading for Justin Jefferson because that's what I want to do. Oh, the, yeah. the I mean, Y'all can go get Mike Evans. I'm going to go try to trade for Justin Jefferson. I made a tweet the other day, and people were on me about it. Like, we don't need to. I was like, you're telling me the best wide receiver in football becomes available, and you're not even entertaining the idea. I don't care who I have. I could have I could have Tyree Kill. I'm entertaining the idea of Justin Jefferson joining my team no matter what the cost is. That brings up a big question. So on Texans Twitter, um, I believe the page is Stroud Muse pretty new you know when you get a quarterback and people want to follow you start to get those muse pages so the stroud muse page um tweeted out a trade proposal for justin jefferson that was a first round pick um tank or nico and then a second round pick and he said would you trade this for justin jefferson and i i was of the camp that that's a no i think including tank or nico in that deal is, is a deal breaker for me understanding that justin jefferson is what he is i just you know I, I think that just brings us back to where we were, which is that it, the Vikings last year lost Justin Jefferson for a lot of the season. And so we'd be back where we were last season with Tank and Nico, who barely played in the same games together. And then, you know, Tank goes down for the season, and then we're down to one wide receiver. Like, And Justin Jefferson's great, but if he goes out, then what do we have, right? So I don't know. What do you all think of that trade proposal? <sighs> mm. Yeah, I don't know. I'll let you go first. <laughs> so, so I'll say this: it would pain me. I would hate it. But of the two, if I had to, if I had to, if they had to have somebody, I'd be willing to part with Nico on the premise. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I know that y'all are gonna make faces or whatever, but on the premise that you're gonna have to pay Nico too. So when you think about it, 
Tank, tank, tank is off the table. We're not even talking about tank. No. I don't even know why anybody would even. If, if no. somebody calls and it's like, "Hey, we'd like to talk to you about Nathaniel," click. We're not even getting to tank. You know, yeah. once it, once it gets there. So, Nico, I think he's going to command big wide receiver money. I think he's going to be T Higgins light. Uh, in in a what is it? Two years in a year a when year. it's time to pay him. When it's time to pay him. So, if you were going to go big game hunting. For Justin Jefferson, I would be okay with making that swap, knowing that all right, I, I'm not done. I still got to go, like you said, go add uh, Samuel or go add Mooney, go add one of those guys to Jefferson, and then then you're cooking with something. I, I mean, I don't see it. it. It's a pipe dream. We're we're playing uh, 2K or or Madden, whatever, but. If, if if they wanted to talk about it, I'd listen. If I'm Casario, yeah. I'd listen. I I I agree with you. I'm not. Um, I'm not. I, I love Nico, and he's bald. I, I'd love to keep him. I I'm, I have the same concern with Grenard. I'm worried about health. Um, again, I'm all for paying Grenard. It's either him or Danielle Hunter for me, or Burns. But like, the guy has to sit healthy. Even this year, like Nico missed a game or two and he balled out. But I just worry that if we invest money in Nico and he misses four to five games every year, then that's not a wise investment. Whereas Justin Jefferson's had one year of injuries. That's it. And he missed, he missed what, 10 games, but he still put up 1,000 yards in eight games. Like, I'm taking that any day, but uh, it would, it would pay me to part from Nico. Um, and I think if you were to do that, it would require you to sign Curtis Samuel and another receiver so that you have uh, – because you're losing Nico, right? Then you need you need a, you need need two good wide receiver threes in that death line. And maybe that is Noah Brown, but um, I, like I, I wouldn't have it for sure. Um, it would just suck. <laughs> yeah. Especially I mean, if him and CJ have a great connection. I, I agree. And, and the bigger issue for me – and this could – come across as really dumb because i'm kind of trying to work through this thought process right now so excuse me if i if i don't sound intelligent but so the, the big issue people have with the will anderson jr trade is is the assets given up which in the at the end of the day is a, is a first and second round pick when we when we look at the pick swap you know a first and second round pick and then i, I believe a, a, a two pick swaps right so comparable deal except for we're adding in one of our wide receivers so we're trading one of our wide receivers that is established in some people's eyes as a pretty a top tier duo at the very least um and we're and we're getting justin jefferson back so we're giving up draft capital to get justin jefferson and we're giving up salary capital because when justin jefferson steps in the door he takes half of the salary cap the texans have right away that would be that would is what the deal would predicate on it's really the main reason why anyone thought the vikings were considering trading him and so you are giving up your ability to sign players at other positions. You're giving up a player at the position that you're replacing him with. And then you're giving up the draft capital that you would need to also get starters at other positions. This is a team that I don't think it would be wise to make that move. Where like Last year, I was like, I'm all for it. I mean, all this potential we have is whatever. G- give up a first and second round pick and get a premier edge rusher into the building, right? But now we're in a position where that draft capital is more valuable, especially on the high end, bringing in a young talent that D'Amico can mold, bringing in a young talent that Bobby Slowick can use 
and give CJ Stroud the ability to cook, right? And and all that salary cap too would probably be better spent on a premier position on defense, right? So I mean that's where I get hung up on that trade, regardless of, you know, I think that if you don't include Tank and Nico, maybe. Because there's a possibility you use that first round pick on wide receiver anyway. So but I don't think that the Vikings are looking to trade Justin Jefferson for if you can land what, Justin Jefferson without Nico Collins, I I would be amazed by what you're offering because in I don't know in what world the Vikings would accept just a first and a second for him. I, I just don't like I I can't either. I could see a team like the Bears saying, Hey, we'll give you DJ Moore in a first. Because they got so much crap, like, but I mean, they ain't gonna do that, <laughs> you know. Like, I, I just don't see in a world where they're not getting a top pass catcher unless they're getting a top three pick, and they can somehow manage their way to getting Marvin Harrison Jr. I would actually be more inclined to trade Nico for Marvin Harrison if you wanted to go that route, but I don't want to trade Nico. So, I would for be me, to trade to a top three pick than to trade Nico for Justin Jefferson, you know. Because then you, then you lock up Harrison, you have the fifth-year option. I mean, but I want Nico here. I don't want any viewers on my live to think that that's not the case. I'll, yeah, no, I, only, I would like to clarify that I also want Nico here. <laughs> and for me, this is only the people that are saying, oh, we need to go get Mike Evans. Yeah. And if Because that's the kind of salary cap you're spending to go get Mike Evans. And it's like, well, if you're trying to do that, you might as well just go get Justin Jefferson. Both of those things, in my opinion, are pipe dreams. Neither of those things are Casario type moves. I do not see that happening. I think they're they're really good where they are, and and they'll look to to approve along the margins, but not make anything crazy splashy like that. I'm just saying, if you were gonna try to go get Mike Evans, who's on the back end of his career, why don't you just swing for the fences and try to go get Justin Jefferson and pair him and CJ up, and just good luck stopping him. I, I don't like to continue talking hypothetical, but I do have one more question before we move uh, forward, which is if Justin Jefferson was testing free agency instead of a trade target, you know, we mentioned 25 to 30 mil being a lot for Mike Evans, but what is your like cap on what you would spend to get Justin Jefferson into Houston? If he's testing, I'll give him all the money. The Brinks truck. Here's the thing. You can you can structure that deal in a way where it's not going to hurt your cap a ton. I'll I'll, I'll go back to because I never said it. Uh, oh, Texans cap tweeted today uh, a structure for Barkley that made sense, where it's a three year deal, but this year it's a four million dollar cap hit. The next is twelve. The next is twelve. But then he has two void years that are taking a tiny bit money out of those. So if you it you almost and you don't do like the Dodgers did with Shohei, but. If you said, hey, it's a six-year contract, but we're voiding four years of it at the end, so it's really 10 years or whatever, and you're giving a little bit those years, five or – because you think about it. Cap is going to be 100 mil more in five years. Let's be real. I mean, it it went up 30 this offseason. I'm not concerned because we'll we'll have enough money to pay CJ. Cap's a myth anyway. You can make whatever you want work in the NFL. The Saints are at negative 40 million every year, and they somehow sign people every offseason. Like, whatever. Justin Jefferson's available in the freedom market. You test that thing. If he wants 40 million a year, you give it to him because that alone makes your offense a contending team. Whether you have a quarterback or not, he alone makes your offense contenders. I mean, I agree that the power of a true – 
wide receiver one, which I feel like it's disrespectful to Nico to continue saying that, but but <laughs> it is the fact of the matter is is that the power of a true wide receiver one, which it Demico, or, which Nico did show this past year to be a true wide receiver one, you know, but but the power of that for a quarterback cannot be understated. And I'd say that relative to Justin Jefferson, that Nico's not quite there. I'd say Nico's up there. He's definitely a, a great wide receiver right now based off his past season. But looking, so speaking of cap magic and, and, and Nick we trust and getting back to these press conferences that were held, yesterday D'Amico Ryans had some words about Dalton Schultz mm-hmm. and um, immediately – and when I say immediately, I mean half a second later, everyone's like, well, Dalton's gone. He's not coming back. We went from a CJ interview where CJ spoke so highly of him being like, oh, well, Dalton's definitely coming back because CJ likes him to, oh, D'Amico didn't say nice things about Dalton when he was asked about him. So I guess he's not coming back. What do you make of, of his sentiment towards Dalton? Do you think there's anything to be made of it? I mean, I think they want to keep Dalton. And it's crazy to me because Dalton even said, "Like, man, I'll take a, I'll take a team friendly deal. Like, I want to be here." But there's two tight ends on that market that are quite intriguing this off season for me. So, the value in Schultz uh, going to the other side of like the value in Schultz is his connection with CJ, and CJ loves him. And I think Schultz is a great locker room guy, and I think Miko and Nick are aware of that. But the t- it. Again, I didn't. I didn't watch the videos. I read the quotes that were tweeted. It felt like he he wasn't interested. But then I read I read some other comments. Were like, no, like if you watch the video, like his tone, you could tell he loved Dalton. He just didn't give the same vibe that he gave for Devin. Of like, we want Devin here. He didn't say that. He said, we'll see what happens with with Dalton. So that's yeah, why people I'm like, take words and run with it, and it, it definitely reads yeah. than it than it's viewed. So. Uh, I don't know. I'm I'm curious. I have some tight ends that I would like if we don't go Dalton, which I'll dive into after you guys share your opinions on the question you asked. But I, I don't even know what to make of it. I really do. It's, it's one of those things that make Nick and me go keep things so close to them. You ain't going to find out crap. Like, I have no clue. They may want people to think we have no interest in Dalton. And then we are secretly offering Dalton this five-year deal that's team-friendly, like, we got no clue because they don't want people to know anything because they want they want people to think that Dalton's going to hit the market. They want people to think that Grenard's going to hit the market because they want to screw up other teams' plans. Same way they did on draft night. No one can get Will Anderson because they, behind everyone's back, were trading for Will Anderson. So, like, they don't leak stuff. That's why I'm like, I really don't know what that means. And Nick literally said as much in his interview. He He was like, you know – People, I would, I'd caution you against all these rumors and and what what to believe because you know only myself and and Coach D'Amico know what what the Texans are interested in doing. So yeah, they keep that close to the vest. But Tom, what what are your thoughts on his comments on Dalton? For me, I, I think he hit it. I think when you when you watch, and we've talked about it. I think all of Texans uh, Twitter has talked about it. Nick Casario is the king of saying a ton and saying nothing at all, like giving you nothing. And and it's just like, you're like, okay, what did it all mean, Nick? <laughs> nothing, you know? And and I, I feel like you, when you watch D'Amico, he's, he's getting a little bit, bit of that in his bag too. So you can watch both of those interviews and think, Devin's on his way back and Dalton's out the door 
and it could be flip flop totally the other way, the totally other way. And and you'll be like, well, that's not what I saw in the scouting combine. And that's what they want you to see. That's what they want you to have. You know what? Sorry to interrupt you, but also D'Amico cares about people a lot. And I know dang well D'Amico wants Devin to go get a starting job. And if if D'Amico doesn't sound like he wants Devin back, that he's, it, it seems like he's saying that Devin wasn't this great guy and he thinks he's hurting his chances of signing to be a starter. I don't know if his words that we want him back. It's, hey, you know what? We do want him back. Someone should go offer him a ton of money because he deserves it, and we're not going to pay him that money. That's what it is. No, you know, we don't want Dalton back, so lowball him in frequency so he comes back to us. We paid $9 million. Yo, You should probably pay eight. I don't know. It's chess, not checkers. They're they're playing <laughs> chess. They're playing 4D no chess. I hate it. I promise you. <laughs> They're playing 4D chess. They're going, I want you to think I'm doing all of these things. They they, they handle it like Bill Belichick does, man. You ain't getting Nick was asked about Bill Belichick like six yeah. times during <laughs> interviews. Like, his answers were crazy. It was like, oh, he's the greatest thing to ever touch football. The game's better with him. Like, we're not, I'm not surprised Bel- Casario's never leaked anything because he's learned from Bill Belichick his whole life. That man don't leak anything. But also not terrifies me because Bill Belichick doesn't spend money. But, like, I've said it before because, bro, there's been so many times in these past three seasons fans, you know, our, you know, our fan base, they complain about everything, whether everything's great. They complain that we lose in the, the, the division. The sky has fallen, baby. And, and it's like, man, we weren't even supposed to be in the divisional round, more or less. Like, we were supposed to win eight games, like six games max. Like, they complain about whatever. It, Nick, sure, Nick's going to spend – but one, it's not about the big name because big names don't win you games, respectfully. The system respectfully. fit wins you game. The system fit like wins you game. You're not going to win. Go give me Chris Jones. Go give me all these big reps. If they don't mesh well together, they ain't winning the game. Like it, and Nick is not going to overpay for anyone, and that's what I admire. Is he is not going to overpay a single dime if someone's not worth it. Cashman had the best season as a linebacker this year, arguably. If Cashman wants ten mil, he ain't going to give it to him. He's going to let some other team go get him, and he'll probably end up getting hurt there because he seems to get hurt everywhere but here. <laughs> and then, it, 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 like, but he's it, an excellent coverage linebacker, Dylan. He is. He's a, yeah. he's he's. I think he's one of the best linebackers in the league, and he was this year. But like, he's not going to get ten mil. He's not going to get top linebacker money, in my opinion. I think I'd like to see him stay with the Texans. Oh, I'd love to. It depends on what take, his market commands. I would I would give him a three year deal worth like fifteen, twenty million if he asked for it. Yeah. I mean he came in, what, on a, like a, his rookie contract, right? Uh no, we re-signed him because he was with the Jets for like three or four years, couldn't stay healthy. We signed him for two years. We signed him for one year and then re-signed him last offseason and he burst on the scene this year because he stayed healthy this year. Okay, yeah. No, I'm a huge passion fan. I'm just I'm just using an example. Like Nick's not gonna overpay, but we're still talking about tight ends. I just went on a tangent there because you know our fan base, man. I, Not I, to get off topic, but a rant. Uh, Dude, yeah, can you step but, off of your soapbox, please. For real, bro. <laughs> uh, no, but you were saying, Tom, you you were talking about Dalton. Did you finish your point on Dalton? I really, I really feel like I think that, that when it's all said and done, uh, much like you guys said, Dalton's gonna get fair money. Maybe maybe team friendly, maybe a hair over something like that, and he'll be back in a Texan uniform. I can't see CJ talk the way he talked about how they came together and and their their fit is so good. When you hear D'Amico talk about you know 
person over player, that kind of thing. And the fit's got to be yeah. right. And it's all about that. And then you yeah. hear CJ say, this is one of my guys. And they're going to let him get out the door when they need a tight end. It just doesn't make any sense to me. But I, I definitely agree with Dylan about the, 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 the Singletary angle because I could see them wanting him to succeed whatever happens, whether they get Saquon or Josh Jacobs or whatever, because maybe the money works out better that way. And like you said, with the, with the, the Patriots connection, I could see them spreading this money out and getting a ton of really good, really uh, uh, fair market value contracts in the door. And then they've just got this amazing defense and a bunch of good quality guys. And while we're talking about Justin Jefferson, they go get, you know, Mooney and, and he lights the world on fire. Like, how did the how did the Bears not use this guy? He's awesome. Yeah, you know, so. I think I think we have to remember with Nick is too. One, our coaching staff and CJ is going to elevate everyone. But two, the best teams, and I say this is the Ravens have been killer. At this the best teams have the best depth. You can have every starter you want, but if you have no depth behind them, we've we run it. We we almost made the conference championship with. Our CB3 is Desmond King or Kader Holloman. Like, you know, like, I mean, <laughs> Mike drop. Like, it, it, my, my phone fell. But like, <laughs> and, and, the, and the realists were like, who is Kader Holloman before this year? I still don't know who he is, but like, he was suitable. I mean, Adrian Amos came in, uh, DeAndre Houston Carter. Like, I mean, like, we don't need, like, I'm going on a tangent again, but tight ends. Uh, I'd be okay with Dalton Schultz leaving if we signed Noah Fant or Hunter Henry. I think that Blake Cashman's a prime example of what the Texans will do. I agree with y'all. It's about finding, you know, they said personal player. They're going to find a guy that they that they like. I mean, D'Amico talked about how the process of, of finding CJ, um, you know, in the, like looking or sorry, reviewing CJ as a person, interviewing him throughout the combine. And that's like when they found out like what they had in him and what, kind of person he was and that's when they like kind of determined that they were going to go in that direction so i agree with that i want to speak to the point of of nick casario saying a lot without saying anything it kind of reminds me of that michael scott uh was it moment from the office where he's like sometimes i start a sentence and i'm just talking and and i I forget where i'm going and i hope that it'll just kind of find its way um i knew from his opening remarks before anyone asked him a question he made like a minute and a half long remark and I said, that is what he's going to repeat throughout this, but just with different words. And that is pretty much what happened. Aside from like saying that the Texans, you know, moves are, are locked up in the Fort Knox that is D'Amico and Nick's brains. Uh, just really repetitive, like, we're going to get good players. We're just trying to make. He ended just about every answer with, we're trying to make the Texans better. We're trying to do the moves that are right to make the Texans the best team. We're looking out for the Texans today. So, I mean, yeah, I, I 100% see that. But the other player that was mentioned in these remarks that people are talking about is Jonathan Grenard. And so I'd like to hear what y'all make of, of the Jonathan Grenard situation, knowing what you know now. Uh, the Aaron Wilson dropped a report the other day. Um, also, side note, Michael Pittman just got franchise tagged. Ooh. They, they were saying they're going to lock him up. Yeah, yeah. they said if they can't agree on a deal, he will get the franchise tag. So, like, that's official. So he's staying in Indianapolis or maybe as a trade candidate, I guess, because T. Higgins is probably the same thing. But Their team uh, had said they're going to lock him up in a long-term deal. Yeah, he said that's the hope. So he said they don't – they said they are for sure tagging him if he, they cannot agree on a deal. So he's staying in Indianapolis, which sucks for us. But uh, 
Aaron Wilson's report yesterday was that yeah that was yesterday. Um, yeah. Was interesting. Um, I think what's going to happen is that he'll test the market, and then this is what like I'm viewing it as like Alex Bregman with the Astros. He's going to test the market, and then he's going to come back and say, "Hey, here's what I'm getting offered. I want to be here." This team's offering me 24. I'll stay here for 20. Or, hey, they're offering me 20. I'll stay here for 18. Like, I think that's what's going to be. That's the only way that makes sense. Because he's he would be, he is wise to test the market because there's a bag waiting for him. But yeah. he wants to be here. And he said that. And his, his agents even said before, like, oh, I would take – he would take a discount to be here a little bit. We can't give a hometown discount without knowing what the market is. No, right. So if he knows, hey, this team's want to give me 22 mil, okay, well, I'd take a $4 million pay cut to remain a Texan. And then maybe they'll give me that pay cut in bonuses. So if I don't miss a game, that gives me an extra mil. If I get five, you know, five stacks to get 500 mil, if I get 10 stacks to get a mil, whatever, like that would be my view on him. I'd love for him to stay, but he's his injury proneness worries me, man. Yeah, and that's Jonathan Grenard for the chat. Someone in the chat was asking who we're talking about. We're talking about Jonathan Grenard. I'm hoping you're talking about Alex Bregman. <laughs> like, like I, I'm, I'm like. You also wait, mentioned Alex. Bregman. Are, are, are we getting? Are we getting the team no, on Alex no, Bregman? Just, Give me I'm, that one. <laughs> I'm just comparing, but Texans County like, more like Astros County. Hey man, right? I think uh, oh. I think that's what they're like. That's what Bregman's gonna do, right? And I view that as like I think Grenard will do the same thing because he has a market, but he wants to stay here. Bregman has a market. Bregman wants to stay here. They're two cornerstones of the franchise, quote unquote, right? Like I see it just being that, let me go see my value. And then I'm going to take that hometown discount if you give me it, you know? Well, that's very interesting. I do believe you when you say that with John Grenard. I've read that too. Uh, we, we were talking about uh, him in previous shows. And then I've seen where other people have said that they believe that his agent and him would work to try to stay in Houston, but he wanted to see what he was going to make. Um, where I where I'm where I'm blown away is that you feel that way about Bregman, where a lot of people feel that Bregman's out the door. He's if somebody offers him the bag, he's going to take it. I think if Jonathan Grenard will take the discount, like you said, and he'll go to them and go, "I'll take the discount." I think they'll sign him. I don't love the 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 amount of money based on the injury history, just like you spoke about. I've never been as high on Grenard as a certain uh, other member of this podcast. <laughs> who thinks he is elite, and I just think he's very good. And I think I've he's, been he's Jonathan Grenard, a defender since day one. Day one, and and I think Will I, Anderson I, makes I, him great. And yeah. if they can if they can make that money work, where he's not going to infringe on potentially Will Anderson signing the mega deal, because that's the guy that they got no business not locking up for whatever the hell he wants. You're good because Will Will won't need a, an extension for four more years, and Grenard's probably going to get a four year deal. So you're 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 fine, I think. There, hopefully, yeah. Lock it up. I mean, so the chat is on my side. They believe that Jonathan Grenard should be you know should be here and and probably will take the money you know at the the hometown discount. But I I do I do think that this discussion has shed a little light for me. It's not something I really thought about, which is the fact that. You know, he probably will test free agency because there's no way to know your market until you've actually seen, you know, it printed on a piece of paper in front of you that a team is willing to pay you this amount of money to be on that team. Um, I mean, I, I still have a lot of hope that he would sign at the lower end or maybe just below what is listed as the lower end of his 
um, his range, which since we last talked is, is sitting at like 17 to 23 mil. Um, there was projections on the franchise tag that had it at 23, but I think the official franchise tag number for his is like 21.5 mil or 20, 21 mil, something like that. So, so anything close to 21 mil is like, okay, well, you might as well franchise tag him if you really want him that bad. I don't, I don't know why no fan is discussing tagging him and trading him. I'm not, I mean, I, 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 I don't know why. I mean, it's just an extra step in the process. What is it? Uh, what are we going to get out of franchise tagging him and trading him? Uh, knowing like that's one of those deals. It's like Stefan Diggs, where Diggs is, is with the Bills and wants out. So, like, with his contract and his age, you just kind of look and you go, I don't know, maybe a fourth or fifth round pick. Like, Diggs' oh, value is not high second. right now in a trade. Grenard's worth at least a second, in my opinion. He's worth a second. I, I mean, you're essentially just putting a roadblock to you know, putting a bounty out to get another team to pay. Sure. If you tag him, he's likely going to play because I don't think it's team- oh, okay. Then do you put the transition tag where he's a, a restricted free agent like Lamar got? Anyone can offer him, but if they if we say hey, we're not going to match the offer, they give us a first for him. I would I would do that, but I mean then I guess you may be paying him twenty mil for that year, and that's a wait. It's it's a hard situation. I saw a guy in my comments. He said uh, he'd rather pay Derek Barnett a lot less. I like Derek Barnett, and I think Derek Barnett should one hundred percent be back on that tackle. Oh, without a doubt. Um, he's yeah. He's saying you should just sign Barnett and then let Grover walk, and maybe go sign like Chase Young. Maybe go sign Daniel Hunter, which Hunter's a. I'm all for Hunter. I want him at the deadline too. So, but. But see, those are the type of names Chase Young, Daniel Hunter. I feel are worthy of that of that that bank that 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 you know the bag, the twenty one million, the franchise tag. I feel like as much as I like John Grenard, I don't think he's worth that. I think he's worth that tier right below that, and that would justify, hey, if he comes off of two three million dollars a year, now you're in a range where hey, I can make that work. Where if I'm paying you to be Daniel Hunter, Chase Young, I need that kind of production. I need you to play, you know, 15 games. I need you to be there, you know, with 15 sacks probably. I mean, we can assume that his market is impacted by his injury history. I may be a huge fan of Jonathan Grenard, but I'm not above acknowledging that that one of the biggest knocks on Jonathan Grenard is his injury history. So what it looks like to me is, is that Grenard – Either signs at a discount or a deal that is that is written in a way that is at, you know gives the Texans some ease based off of his injury history, or he's tagged and then another team's like, hmm, I'd have to give up a second round pick and pay this guy who's had an injury history. No thanks. And then the Texans just have to pay him twenty one mil to play another year. So I mean, I I don't think I don't see situations where that plays out. I, the transition tag, from what I know, like we're referencing the Lamar Jackson situation. Can we name another situation where a team has transition tagged a player? J.C. Jackson. J.C. Jackson? But his was a second-round tender. So I'm pretty, yeah, sure, so, I'm I pretty mean, sure the Chargers gave him a second. I can't remember correct, but I do remember him getting tagged in some form and then signing with the Chargers. Yeah, so, I mean, I think that the, it's really just either Grenard signs with us or signs with another team, and it, it's a matter of finding out what his market value is so that we can assess yeah. – you know, it's it's like looking at a menu at at uh, a seafood restaurant, and you're like, I'd like the lobster. What what does it cost? Oh, market value. What is the market? What is it? 
how can I get the discount on it if, if I don't know the market? So, yeah, I mean, that's where I'm at with that. Um, I mean, that's really all of the discussions that came out of what was said at the Combine. One last thing I'd like to talk about today, just briefly, is, and this was asked in my Dynasty Fantasy Football group chat, so shout out to, to Dylan Kenny, best commissioner in fantasy football. Um, but who do you think is going to just inflate their draft stock the most through who stands to gain the most through the combine as a prospect in your eyes Xavier worthy has a chance yeah people are sleeping on him people are saying he might be a second round pick i don't i don't i don't see that um his his ball was was quick as soon as the draft season started he was first round pick Um, i don't know i also think Michael Penix can either inflate or decrease his draft stock. <laughs> and I mean, that's, that's not a Texans. I mean, obviously we're not going for him. But I think he is the guy in the draft. I'm like, he's either going to go from a second round pick to a top 20 pick, or he's going to go to like a third round pick. Um, Cause he crumbled in the college playoffs in that final, they arguably kind of lost the game in some ways because of him. But um I'm I'm most intrigued, and obviously we don't need a quarterback. But uh, I'm most intrigued at what what happens at, with him at the combine. Um, but um, oh, and Kool Aid, Kool Aid's combine will be very telling. I think there's my yeah. Answer. I think it's going to be very important for him because I've heard a lot of slander going his way yeah. recently. I'm worried about us. I'm worried about us trying to get him. <laughs> no, yeah, Tom, the guy I think that's probably going to fly up the boards because it's a sexy position. And if he has an amazing combine, all of a sudden people are going to just be all over it, which it may not even make it that far, is the wide receiver at LSU. Uh, is Thomas his last name, Ryan I think? Yes, yes. He's I think already flying up boards. He just needs to confirm it. Exactly. And I yeah. think once that happens, there, there are some mocks saying that he'll be available when the Texans pick at 23. And I have a feeling that once he blows it out of the, out of the water in the combine, he's going to be flirting with top 10 stats. Yeah. People are going to treat him like uh, Justin Jefferson. Yep. Um, oh, yeah. Justin Jefferson fell. So, uh, oh, yeah. Um, I'll I'll name my prospects, and then we'll go to the chat. There's a couple of questions coming out of there. Close close out with that. But I think that so I Lance Zerline put out that Chop Robinson is, is a guy who you could see a lot of movement from. And so as as a, a, a I don't want to say undersized, but like as a smaller defensive end prospect, um, I think that showing athletically at the combine could. You know, he's already showing as like late first, early second. I think he could solidify first round status if he if he really does what people think he can do at the combine and shows up. And the other prospect I had is Roman Wilson out of Michigan, mm. um, a wide receiver who Baller. showed at the senior bowl and, and raised his draft stock a lot there. Could really, you know, with a really good 40 time, could really just make people fall in love. And that's a guy who the Texans could be looking at since, you know, D'Amico's, you know, criteria for wide receiver is a separator. That guy's that guy could be someone they're looking at if he shows at the combine. Um, but looking at the chat, we've got what would happen if they added Saquon Barkley? The run game would get a lot better, that's for sure. Um, who do y'all think the Texans should pick at twenty three? And then before we answer those questions, and there's another one I want to end on, but um, someone said the correct answer for for a guy who's going to raise his stock at the uh, combine is Texas A&M linebacker Edrin Cooper. So I, I don't know if that's a homerism or Probably. if that's 
<laughs> but I mean, I would. It's a pretty direct. That, you know, I haven't heard a whole lot about him, but yeah. I mean, I think people forget. Well, he's he's projecting in the second round right now, and I think what a lot of Texans fans forget is that you've got Christian Harris, and then you know Denzel Perryman, and Blake Cashman could both just be gone. So that linebacking core will need a veteran signing. I know that um, I'm pretty sure it's you, Dylan, have been pretty high on Anise Al-Shazir, um, who was a, a name that got thrown around a lot, a lot last offseason. And I think he, he set himself up for success by taking a one-year deal in Tennessee and then getting out of that awful city um, of Nashville. So, but we'll start, so we'll start with so Saquon Barkley. Just quick opinion. Why do you – I think we already kind of covered it, but just briefly – what what do what do the Texans stand to benefit from adding Saquon Barkley? What is there not to benefit from? Saquon? What is there not to benefit? I mean, I mean, like pass catcher, great rushing. The, what I told someone the other day, who's a Patriots fan, uh, and I, I said Saquon has been one of the best running backs in the league, behind arguably the worst O line in football for the last however many years he's been in the league. We don't have the worst O line. We don't have the MetLife turf. So he only provides value. So he's got CMC potential. He's had that since the moment he was drafted. We've seen it, and we've seen it against in an offense where he is carrying the entire team. No wide receiver help. This now he's got Nico Tank CJ. Some kind yeah. of we don't know who the tight end will be. He's got a tight end. There, there's we talk about his decline as a running back, but he'll have help. Yeah, and he's twenty six. He ain't declined until he's 30. And we won't have him for four years, I don't think. Ideally, two or three. Yeah, three is ideal, I think. Tom, what do you got? I, I think Dylan really hit it on uh, you know, all the points. The one thing I'll say is that in New York, he was the guy that everyone schemed for. It was like, we have to stop Saquon Barkley. They weren't, they weren't worried about Shepard. They weren't worried about whoever the quarterback was. There was like eight of them. They, were, they weren't worried about anybody else but Saquon Barkley on offense. On the Texans, he probably is the third guy you're worried about, right? It's like CJ, Nico, Tank, and then, you know, like, like as far as an offense, if they spread it all out, you know what I mean? So, and then Dylan talked about the, the line, which – I think it's only going to get better. And you saw what a guy that's probably a lesser version of him in Singletary was able to do. Now you upgrade that and it's like the sky's the limit. I mean, it's just, it's just going to make everyone's job easier. Everyone's job. I agree. And I think I've said it. I've said it once I said it a hundred times. Uh, there are people that will tell you the O-line was the bigger issue in the run game this past year. And while the, the O-line wasn't great, um, there was a lot of reason behind that, a lot of, of shuffling of personnel, a lot of injuries. The the starting five for the Texans offensive line are currently under contract with the exception of maybe left guard, possibly, if they decide not to give Kenyon Green another shot, right? Or if they decide not to let you know Jared Patterson or however they decide to handle that, right? That's the only position on the O-line that's kind of in question. And so... When you look at that, and, and, and Kenyon Green's supposed to be a run-blocking bruiser, so like when you get him back, that helps you out. Um, so I think that adding a running back like Saquon Barkley, even if you get you know 75% of his potential, is, is significantly beneficial to CJ and to this team. And it, it is probably, in my mind, the most important thing the Texans can do to fix their run game this season. 
Um, the next question that we had from the chat was right now, knowing what you know, you can explain hypothetically the situation, but number 23 overall pick, you're, you're, you're the GM of the Texans and you're on the clock. Who are you taking and, and why? Man, I hate these questions because <laughs> it's so it's so hard because there's so much information we don't have right now. Yeah, it's because like I, I don't. If we don't sign a DE, then we need a DE. If we don't if we don't sign a wide receiver, then we need a wide receiver. If we don't sign a corner, then I probably want a corner. Like uh, it's hard. It's hard. All right, I'll phrase it for you then. Take in what you think the Texans will do. What what Nick will do in free agency. What's left? Who? What what position do they draft? And then name somebody. I think it comes down to defensive tackle. Um, I just don't know who, like, even if you read some rankings, I don't know, is there an upgrade other than maybe Wilkins at this point? Chris Jones ain't going to hit the market, let's be real. I mean, that guy's not leaving Kansas City. So, like, besides Christian Wilkins, is there an upgrade in free agency over Sheldon Rankins? Uh, And I I keep seeing hype around Zerhan Newton, but then I'd also be down to – trade back out of that pick that's that's my ideal i'll be honest that's my ideal situation um is trading back our pick 23 try to get an early second this year maybe an additional second next year and i think that's your best bet i'm not saying you i would trade the pick but if you have to go ahead and i guess get zerhan newton um because we probably need a dt the most at this point yeah I, I mean, I have, have shifted towards defensive tackle over time. I don't know if the Texans are going to keep Steven Nelson or what they're going to do, but I think cornerback is uh, is a position that could be that pick. It's really cornerback or, or D-tackle. But I would agree with your logic. Understanding that the D-tackle available at there might be Byron Murphy, might be Newton. I mean, I think that the best value and the best you know use of assets is probably to trade uh, either up or from the second round or back from the first to try and get to Vondre Sweat. He's like the bigger, more more of like a brute, more of what the Texans need in the middle. So that would be my ideal pick. But how you get there, I mean, I don't know. We'll see. But Tom, what do you got? I love the plan you just laid out to get to Vondre Sweat. Mm-hmm. I think he, he would be a great fit. I think that'd be a perfect move to make. I think if they have to stay there, if I have to stay there, uh, it's probably the best linebacker available. I believe that, and I've said this on some of our mock drafts, I think that is still going to be the case when the draft actually happens, that the free agent market will probably be to figure out the offensive side of the ball. The draft will largely concentrate on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, D'Amico's made no secret about the fact that he wants to, you know, groom this defense, pick his guys, coach them up, teach them the whole nine. I could absolutely see the the draft being like four or five defensive players out of their first four or five picks, and except you know, round three because that's the wide receiver round for Nick Casario. <laughs> well, if 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 you have your way, if he if uh, oh, yeah yeah I'm, James I'm, has his way, we go sign a wide receiver, and then we're not we're not looking for one. You know, they've got two young guys in Hutchinson and uh, Mechie that are still in that grooming phase. So I don't know that they need another wide receiver from the draft. Yeah, will they take one? Probably. Because that's what Nick's done every third round he's had here. So besides Davis, yeah. I mean, if we don't see him make a move at wide receiver in free agency, you know, Malachi Corley or uh, Roman Wilson are guys that could possibly be available in the third. But I mean, I'm I'm not super familiar with the guys that will for sure be available in the third. 
Um, but I guess, yeah, one one last question. It kind, you kind of already touched on it, Dylan. I, I, I was like, oh, wow, Dylan might know what this question is coming. Um, <laughs> from, from X or Twitter, depending on how old you are. Or, and I don't think it actually does. I think it's just Twitter for everyone now. Um, would you rather have Christian Wilkins or Jonathan Grenard for the comparable money? Golly. How old is Christian Wilkins? Christian Wilkins. One minute. I'd have to look it up. Let me. Yeah, let's let's look that up because I'm not willing to pay a DT that's 34, 33 or 34 years old Jonathan Grenard money if that's the case. Christian Wilkins feel- is 28 years old. He's only 28? He's only 28. I swore he was born like in December of 95. That's why I swear I thought he was like 32 years old. Uh, it's that beard that's got you messed up. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know, man. That's a. I Grenard's think, younger. I think, I'd go with Grenard. I think the D, the defensive end market's better. So, but you're not going to pay a DT and a defensive end high end money. So I'd go, I'd go, I'd go Grenard. And I'd be okay with Rankins or someone coming back if that's the case. Fun fact about Christian Wilkins, his agent, David Mulligetta. Ooh. Our favorite. (laughs) Ooh. So if that helps you or hurts you with what you think he could get money-wise, there you go. I mean, I don't know. I'm all for signing. I I think you sign Grenard, and then, like I discussed earlier, you you execute the plan to try and get to Vondre Sweat into a Texans uniform um, or Sheldon. Rank- I mean, I'm down for Sheldon Rankins. I saw someone, they were pretty disrespectful. I felt like they were like, you know, Sheldon Rankins is good depth. I'm like, no, Sheldon Rankins is a, is a starting defensive tackle. It's just a matter of, do you want to stick with him as your starting defensive tackle? Or do you want to try and upgrade from that? So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Um, there's a couple of other comments, but we've kind of reached the end of our time. It's been an hour we're going to go ahead and bring this thing to a close, but Dylan, go ahead, go ahead and tell the people where they can find you. Uh, Instagram Texans County, uh, Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Texans County as well. Yeah, man. TikTok, same thing. Hopefully going to have some content on there um, with the podcast we're working on behind the scenes. So, Ooh, a Texans County podcast. Shoot. I got Is some. Is going to feature Astros County too? Hey, maybe. <laughs> hey. I got a, I got a, I got a guy I'm working on a podcast with. I think y'all all know who he is. So we'll get this. Oh sweet! Can't wait. Soon. Can't wait. Now you've got me excited. I'm ready. To, I'm ready for another Texans podcast. Wait, hey, is that? Am I giving it away? Is that? No, I don't know. Mean we'll anything see. to you? Another Texans podcast? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, man. We'll see. Okay, then maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm. I'm cold. No, you I'm, might be warm. Sorry, Pat and John. I was just trying to trying to get the scoop. Um, you, might, you might be warm. You might right, be cold. Then, I don't know. We'll see. Tom is at third coast Tom on Twitter. And he's also on IG now at, uh, is it, is T Tom, Tom one <laughs> TC Tom one TC Tom. I, one. I think James does this on purpose for no other reason than to now say he's private, but he may turn around and, and, he and may make it public. And go public yeah, 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 yeah. It. He's got a whole shtick with my Instagram. That's really not as uh, lively as the Twitter. Sorry. It's not lively, but you do, you know, react to some of my stories sometimes. So I know you're on there. Yep, yep, yep. So probably spend enough time on there to see your follow request and accept it. 100%. <laughs> but I am N1 Texans fan. Uh, you can find me at that on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, where, wherever you would like to. 
And uh, this has been The Bullpen, available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts the next day, since this is a live edition. Thanks for being here. As far as the next few weeks go, just a little housekeeping. Um, Mock Draft Monday and Free Agent Friday will be intermittent. Tom and I, you know, will have plans and stuff. So, you know, it's the off season. We're, we're going to take our time off. But uh, I'd like to thank Texans County for joining us on this episode uh, to share his expert point of view because he is totally an expert on everything Texans. Right? <laughs> and Astros. And Astros. Hey. And Astros. I, I love the metaphors. I, I like doing that too. So the, the Bregman metaphor really worked for me. Hey, help, I'm glad. Help me understand. Hey, I'm glad. Um, <laughs> yeah. Until next time, thanks for joining us. Uh, as always, stay classy, Houston. And vamos, Texans. Thanks for tuning into The Bullpen, a Texans podcast, part of the Fans First Sports Network. Please like, comment, subscribe, and follow along for more Texans talk from The Bullpen.